0: Hey, welcome to another episode of From No Crypto to No Crypto. I'm your host, The Crypto Coach, Blockchain Wayne. Today's episode is brought to us by Fio. Fio is making crypto easier for everyone by integrating with wallets. Make sure to hit the link down below. Go to FioProtocol.io to learn more about what Fio is offering. So, this episode, I really want to dig in and talk about security. Now, this is something that's been heavy on my mind, and a lot of times, actually, events will drive the episodes that I come out. I don't have an episode schedule. A lot of times I just really like to see what's happening in the space, what's happening in people I know in the crypto space as well, and really use that as motivation for this. And I can tell you in the time that I've been in crypto time and time and time again, lack of security protocols cause many people to become uh, to get either hacked or scammed or both and fall for um, a lot of malicious attempts from people to steal your crypto. Now, crypto is considered digital gold. A lot of people will say that, especially Bitcoin, right? So where there's gold, there's pirates. So where there's digital gold, there's going to be digital pirates. So it's very important to make sure you protect yourself and take those necessary steps to secure your crypto. One of the best things about crypto is you have total control of your assets. You control your account security. You're the bank, you're the vault, you're the security guard, you're everything all in one. So while that's great, with great response, with great responsibility, it's it's something that you can't take lightly. It's something that you need to really not be lazy on it. So many people are lazy. Maybe you're listening to this and this is you. This is one of those things. It's almost like a, a call to rehab. If you're a lazy security person when it comes to your security, it's not too late for you. There's a program you can get in to really take those steps to secure better. And That's what I want to talk about in this episode is really to go through those things that can make things easier Uh, for you and make you less prone to either be hacked or scammed. Now, a lot of scammers, a lot of them out there are very lazy as well. And they look for the path of least resistance. So if you take some extra security measures and do what we're talking about here, it could make you to where you you, you are less likely to be targeted because as new people come into space, these hackers, these scammers, they're going to target people's ignorance. So if you know what you're doing, it's very easy. So let's talk about it. Dig in and talk about that. Let's talk first and foremost about some of the most, I guess you could say common things that we've seen happen lately. So one of the biggest things that I've seen happen lately in that space are the fake emails or fake text messages. So you get a text message or you get an email. looks like it's from Coinbase or some other exchange or wallet provider you have. In some cases, saying there's an issue or saying there's something wrong with your account that or someone's trying to get in your account, click here to, to verify if it wasn't you. Well, that's the scam. That's how those malicious sites will then try to target. You. And depending on the level of, I guess you could say the, the level of uh, finesse that the, the hackers use it, the link itself could be malicious and take you to a site where it could steal your information or it could just be a mirror of the actual regular site. And the second you try to log in with your username and password, boom, they've got you. They got your username and password. So. Uh, We're going to talk about that. There's also something you can do if they don't, even if someone has your username and password where they still can't get into your accounts, but that's the first step is don't click on those links. Even if you think it looks legit, go to that website, go to coinbase.com, binance.com, type it in manually. Don't get lazy and click that link that's in the website. Definitely don't get lazy and click the message in in the text message. 99.9% of the text messages that look like they're coming from one of those exchanges are fake. And and that's not just happening with crypto. Like they'll make it look like Facebook, like something's wrong with your Facebook account or your bank account. So the, these the you know these malicious actors are using different methods. In some cases, not really just to steal crypto, just to steal anything they can get their hands on. But if they find out you have crypto accounts, it's something that could be targeted. So that's first and foremost. Don't click on those. That's been one of the biggest scams lately. The other thing which is kind of related is sites that are designed to mimic and look like the original site. Now I mentioned that earlier, but what I'm talking about in this case is like for the biggest example I was using last year, when I was talking about talking this to people about this last year, Uniswap was becoming more and more popular, popular last year, decentralized exchange. Uh, it was, it was a hotbed of activity. A lot of things were happening there. A lot of projects were launching there. And if you Googled, there were certain points in time where if you Googled Uniswap, Three or four fake sites would show up in the Google search results higher than the actual Uniswap website. So Google is not your friend when it comes to that because these hackers understand search engine optimization, SEO, and they can rank higher uh, on that. And when they do that, many people would just click on it thinking that's it. Don't want to do that. Type in the website. If you're not sure what the website is, go to a reputable site like CoinGecko or CoinMarketCap.com those two will give you uh, now that's where it lists all the different cryptocurrencies, but there's also a tab for exchanges to where you can link and make sure you're going to the right exchange. So it'll link you to the right projects. And I saw there's something else that I talk about a lot is even if you are wanting to look up a certain cryptocurrency, someone tells you about something you want to learn more about it. If you just Google it and click on the website that comes up, it could take you to a fake site. It could take you to a site that's designed to steal your, your information. So instead, you go to CoinGecko.com, CoinMarketCap.com, and when you search either that crypto or that exchange, the related information it's going to give you is all of that. It's going to link you to their actual uh, website. It's going to link you to their actual social, social media channels, uh, the web, web Explorer, the right contract address. If you're trying to find something that's either on Ethereum chain or Binance Smart Chain or any other chain, Where when you want to go to like a swap, decentralized exchange to search it, you have to search by the contract address that created it. It'll give you the right one. So you're not buying a fake coin or token. So those are all important when it comes to crypto. If you haven't been in very long and don't understand what I'm talking about with Uniswap, don't worry. You'll get to there eventually. It's not something you need to know right away. But this is for those that have been using it. But first and foremost, the principle is the same no matter your level of expertise, is to make sure that you are going to the right websites and not just going what Google results are telling you to go to because nine times out of 10, uh, especially if it's a hot site, if it's a site that a lot of people are searching, they're gonna target it. So now if you search Uniswap for right now, the legitimate website comes up first, but when it was hot, when like that was the place to be and everybody was there, that's what happened. Same thing happened down the road when PancakeSwap came out on Binance Smart Chain, that, was, that happened at first. So especially when there's a migration, there's something that becomes really hot, that's what you're gonna see happen in that space. So we talked about fake sites. Now let's talk about personal basic security that you can do no matter whether you're in crypto or not. If you're listening to this and you don't even know what the hell crypto is, don't worry. We'll get to that in in future episodes as well. We also have many in the past that you can listen to. But even if you're not in crypto, this pertains to every single account you use. So think about your financial accounts, bank accounts, stockbroker accounts, cryptocurrency exchanges, anything where you have to set up an account and use an email address as your account name, uh, username. Don't use the same email address for everything. Don't use the same email address you use for your Target Rewards uh, account and your Best Buy Rewards account that you give to any and every retailer, uh, Lowe's, Home Depot. Don't use that same email address there that you use for your financial accounts. Why? Because you've seen it happen in the past. How many times have you seen a breach in these retailers' Um email, you know, the, their customer database. Now, that's not like, you know, a lot of people like to point at the retailer like, oh, poor security. No, it's a centralized system with simple points of failure. So it's going to get hacked. It's only a matter of time. If a retailer hasn't had a data breach yet, it's only a matter of time before they do. So give them disposable email addresses, email addresses that you don't really use and that you definitely don't use for your bank account. So your bank account, financial accounts, you should use a different email address in some cases if you can do this it's best to have a different email address for each financial account they're easy to set up email addresses are free Um, I recommend protonmail.com that's one that I've used quite a bit it's very secure but if you use gmail there's some other things we're going to talk about to secure all your accounts as well we'll get to that but make sure you use a different email account than the ones you use for everything else because what happens is that data breach happens there and then they use those email addresses to check to see, okay, what which of these email addresses, and a lot of times they'll plug it into some, you know, a bot that'll just automatically search, whether these email addresses have accounts with stock traders, with crypto. And crypto is easy, because once you withdraw crypto, it's yours. It's not bank to bank, it's not something that a centralized system can shut down. So you wanna make sure you protect those accounts and use different ones. It gets even worse, let's talk about the next step, if you use the same password on everything. If you use the same password on that account that had the data breach with the retailer and now they can get into your financial accounts because you use the same password, that's your problem. So password security is the next step. Password security is key. You wanna make sure that you are setting a long string of letters and numbers, a complex password that, and we're gonna talk about this. So let's talk about something that's easy to remember but hard to guess. Now, not easy to guess. Not if somebody can look up your Facebook account and figure out all your details. And then here's another thing. Make sure your security questions aren't answered in your Facebook profile. Right? One one of the security questions may be, what's your mother's maiden name? If you're friends with your mom on Facebook and she lists her maiden name, then you don't want to use that as a security question, as a backup question. That's usually to restore your account. But back to the password piece, use a long string of letters and numbers in some cases it could be a sentence and within that sentence you can replace some letters with either numbers or special characters so for instance i love crypto right that could be it so instead of the i you can use an exclamation point and instead of the o at the end of crypto it could be a zero and instead of the e on love you could put a three, you know, enough to where you look at it. Your mind is going to realize, OK, this, you know, it's I love crypto, but it's complex because it's a long string of letters and numbers. that's hard to guess. So don't use that one because uh, that one I just gave you. But think of something similar. It could be something like that where you can use a sentence and keep something. That's easy for you to remember, um, switching out some letters and with numbers and, and special characters. So that's your next step. Create separate passwords for each thing. Again, you don't want to have one account get hacked and then something else. So if there's a special signifier that you put somewhere in there to identify. That's the one you use for this Then do that. Now, there's some password uh, programs out there. Password, uh, like one password, one pass and a few others. Uh, password management systems. I'm Just I'm still very leery on those. A lot of people have said great things. So I can't really I can only talk to you, though, about things that I've used and I haven't used those. Um, and it may be something that could be very secure. But I would recommend do that um, with your passwords. At least make sure it's, it's strong, it's secure, and it's not easy to guess. And that like each step you take is one step that makes it harder for a hacker. And like I said, most hackers are looking for the path of least resistance. It's like when water flows, water is water gonna plow through something if it's moving at a slow speed? No, but it's gonna it's gonna go, it's gonna flow through the path of least resistance. And that's what's gonna happen with hackers as well. So passwords, we talked about passwords. That's it when it comes to passwords. Next thing, let's talk about security when it comes to two-factor authentication. Now, a lot of times you create an account on an exchange or somewhere else and they'll ask you to set up two-factor authentication. Sometimes they make you, but in, in many cases, their default method is through email or through text message, which means when you log in with your username and password, they'll either send you an email with the login code or they'll text you the code and then you have to verify that the problem with that emails can be hacked. So if someone's already targeting you, they may have already compromised your email account. And two, you know, SIM hacks have happened so much lately that it, it's something that is a problem. And you know, what is a SIM hacker? Some people call it a SIM swap. But what does it mean? So every time you go to change phones, so say it's time for your upgrade, you go to the, you go to a mobile phone retailer and you, you go what, what they're doing at that retailer one, they ask for security information to get into your account. They can't access it without your information. And then you're moving service from the SIM card in your old phone to the SIM card that's in a new phone that you're buying. That's a legitimate transaction. A fake transaction or a SIM swap attack is when someone either pretends to be you and goes into a store or calls the carrier themselves. They pretend to be you to get the service moved from the SIM that's on your actual phone that's in your possession to a phone that they have in their possession. Cause once they have that, then they have free reign to try to reset passwords and get those email, you know, those, those text messages sent to them to set it up. So that's why it's important to not use that as a security method. Uh, there's even been some cases you may think, oh, mine's really secure. There's been some cases where people working at the phone company, at, at AT&T specifically, there was a story I read a couple of years ago where someone working at AT&T was working with the hackers so it didn't matter if they had the account information, he was able to look up and give it to them. So don't set that as your primary source. Now, if you if you ever have your phone, all of a sudden it, it shows no signal or SIM not activated or something like that, you really wanna get a phone, call your carrier right away because you're, you're being targeted for a SIM swap. Uh, so don't use your mobile phone or email for two factor authentication. Instead, there's two other options you can use. There's an authentication app, the one I recommend that I use the most is called Google Authenticator. It's a time-based app. You can sync it up with each account. For each account you sync to it, every 30 seconds, a new number is generated. And that six-digit code, you have to have that to be able to log in. So you log in with your username and password, and then it's going to ask you for your authenticator, uh, authenticator code. So then from there, you pull out that number and type it in before it changes again. So you have to have the phone in your presence to be able to do it, to be able to access it. So Google authenticator is one option. Authy is another option. A-U-T-H-Y, short for authenticator. Authy is another app that some people have used. Um, But just make sure you use a secure authenticator app to do that. It's no one can look it up for you, even though it's a Google account. It's not like you can restore that on another phone if you lose it. So it's important to have that because if you don't, then you have to go through all kind of other identity verification processes to restore account access, which is good because that stops anybody else from being able to access your account as well. So you want to do that. You want to set up that authentication and sync as many accounts to it. Now, this is not just crypto accounts and not just financial accounts. I can tell you right now, my Instagram, my Facebook, my Google accounts, they all have two factor authentication on them as well. How do I know this? Look, about every three to four days, I get an email saying someone's trying to log into my Instagram account. They're never going to get in, even if they figure out what my password is because of my two-factor authentication. But still, people are trying. They're looking for the path of least resistance. So that's why it's important to add that extra layer. Everything we're talking about is adding layers of security. And each layer of security is going to protect you more and more, help you sleep better at night uh, to know that everything's protected. So the app is definitely more secure than text message or email authentication. Now, the very the most secure method of authentication is to use what's called a security key. Ubico makes a security key. I've got a few of them. Uh, it's a physical device that you can either plug into a USB drive. Ubico makes them to where it plugs into regular USB, plugs into a Lightning, plugs into a USB C, or it has NFC. One of the ones I have. I can either plug it into the USB drive on my computer, or I just tap the back of my phone because it also has NFC enabled in it to where that is my security key. So whenever I sync that up to my account, uh, you know, typically when you go into account security settings, it'll allow you to pick your level of authentication. If you select security key, it'll walk you through syncing that key. And then it'll also allow you to sync a backup key, which is important because when it comes to physical device, if you lose that, you wanna have something else to, to do it. So I have one that I keep with me somewhere Another one that is locked, secure, in a safe. If, if I lose the one I have, I know where I can go find the other one, uh, but nobody else does. So that's why it's important to use those. Um, it is the most secure method that's out there uh, because you need that physical device to get into, uh, into your accounts. Again, just like I said on the Authenticator app, set it up for every account that allows you to set it up for if you decide to go that route. Either one, like I said, just anything, bank accounts. Uh, stock trading broker accounts, cryptocurrency exchanges, anything where you have an account where you need a username and password, you should be using two-factor authentication. That is one of the most important things. After that, let's talk about a couple other steps uh, that you can take that are easy. Next thing is, when you're traveling, a lot of people are out on the road or maybe they go sit at Starbucks and guess what? They got free Wi-Fi at Starbucks, right? Those free Wi-Fi services in hotels and restaurants and coffee shops those are prime pickings for hackers. A lot of hackers can easily access all of your information just by tapping into those. So it's very important. One, I recommend you don't use them. And if you do end up using them, use a VPN, virtual private network. Anytime you have to connect to a network that's that's not private, like you're on at your home, use a VPN, virtual private network. What that does is it allows you to shield your information and one of the ones that I use that I recommend the most. I've used the IP vanish in the past. now I use Torguard. There's a lot of great IP ser- uh, VPN services. Just look them up and see uh, what's out there. Not very expensive. I think the one I use I pay about 15 dollars every six months for um, but there's there's a lot of options. so just just remember that whenever you attack you know free Wi-Fi is never free at minimum that service you're using they can be harvesting the data of where you're going and and learn more about you to market to you better that's at a minimum but worst case like i said if especially if it's a popular spot hotels and coffee shops especially that you will have hackers that target those because they know it's very easy to access it at our last event in miami one of the guys did a uh did a workshop and talked about how hackers do that and he was able to show the method he showed it on the screen and was able to pull up people's personal information uh, from from his computer that he had shared to a projector screen. Uh, so it, it was pretty alarming. I think a lot of people walked out of there and realized how, how how sensitive that is. So it's very important, don't get lazy with your security. It's very important you don't do that. And really, that, that you know that, that's it. That's the security checkup. So give yourself a security checkup. If you had to grade yourself A to F, like we're used to get grades in school, what would it be? And if it's not an A, then take a method. If you're an F, at least get yourself to a C right away and then figure out what you can do. Some things are complicated. Yeah, you got to go into all these different accounts and change passwords. Start with the most important ones. Start with those because those are the ones that matter. And then you can go and take care of the rest. So give yourself a security checkup. Take those steps. Make sure you're doing it. You know, just to hear this and not to do it, it it just kills it because you don't really know something until you do it. And once you do it, you can help others, help others. A lot of times, like myself, I've got you know parents that, that kind of, they take the lazier out when it comes to passwords and use the same password for everything. So try to get them to stop that. And and you just try and if you can, at least teach them how to use two-factor authentication. Okay, if your password's going to get hacked, make sure you use two-factor authentication. I'm going to show you how to set that up. And that's what I've done uh, to some of the people that I know. So get out there, check your security. That's important. We're going to go through, over the next few weeks, we're going to go through some of the basics of crypto, what is cryptocurrency? Why is it important? What does it really matter? Uh, but it's really important you start with security, understanding how to be secure, because one of the worst things I've seen time and time again in the space is people coming in, they get lazy with their security. Next thing you know, they get wiped out of some accounts. And some, sometimes it's a pretty devastating loss, the amounts that's, that's lost. So we, you don't want that to happen to you. Learn from other people's mistakes. This is one of those cases where you don't want to learn from your own mistakes. You want to learn from other people's mistakes. So That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening or watching in if you're watching the video and we will see you all in the next episode.